This can be played at high volume. Live and local, this is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And good morning, beautiful people. It's Super Bowl Eve. The sun is shining and goodness gracious, great balls of fire. It is Saturday. Under the Dome is officially underway. And I'm extra excited because of the fact that not only... Are we broadcasting live in the heart of Cajun country that is Lafayette, Louisiana on the Tower of Power, the mothership that is 103.7 The Game? We're also broadcasting out in Lake Charles, so welcome Lake Chuck, welcome to the party pal on 104.1 FM, appreciate you, and of course we are always coming to you live and in living color on the game studios. We're coming to you live from there. Looking good. Woo! You already know we're looking good, feeling good. Appreciate you listening in, however you're doing. So again, if you're out in Lake Chuck, if you're maybe making your way over towards Texas and you start to get towards Kinder and you notice this signal starts to fade out, fade in and out a little bit on the 103.7, the game dial, you can just simply move the dial over a couple notches and you wind up on 104.1. It's just that simple, just that easy, and it is so great to be here. And for those who don't know what this show is about, it's all about getting down to brass tacks on everything in the world of sports, especially on the college, pro ranks, high school football. We get to it all. Even a little, if you love some UFC, I know UFC's later tonight, get Israel Adesanya in a big main event. Definitely interesting timing to put that up against Super Bowl Sunday, but it is what it is. These same kind of things are planned out months in advance. So I'm the famous CD, just in case you wanted to know. So let's go ahead and get down to brass tacks. And for those in Lake Charles, you're going to be blown away because it's time for my favorite segment because it gets down to the brass tacks of what's causing all this on a Louisiana. I can say that with emphasis. Louisiana Saturday morning. With your Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. And whenever I kind of look at everything with the New Orleans Saints, they are without a doubt the one team that, on all of all weeks, Super Bowl week, is dominating. And I mean dominating the conversation with a damn stranglehold on the news cycle, especially over here. And you'd think that we'd be talking for the next two hours about the Super Bowl. No, no, no. The New Orleans Saints decide to pretty much out of nowhere like an RKO announce that their new head coach would be Dennis Allen around 5 o'clock on a Monday. You'd think they would say that maybe for a Friday news dump, 
heading into the Pro Bowl weekend, but no, they decide to come out with a bang on Monday with a big headline, Dennis Allen taking over as the head coach of your New Orleans Saints. And I had to ask myself, and I've mentioned this many times, is what does this amount to? And if this were an SAT test, I can tell you exactly what it would what it means. If you know, you know, when you took the SAT test back in the day and you had such and such is to blank, this is exactly what this is. Dennis Allen is to the Saints as Dusty Baker is to the Astros. Now, mind you, they're two very different levels. They're two very different levels, but they all serve the same purpose. It's keeping the ship afloat. It's maintaining the culture. It's being somebody that can handle it. It's not as bad as what happened with the Houston Texans hiring David Culley for a freaking year and kicking him out the door to be a head coach for a year and just a fall guy in the middle of one of the worst times of your franchise's history. That's saying something, considering the fact that you've been a, a franchise for almost 20 years and, you know, the first four or five of them were some of the worst football I've ever seen from a team. But that's a different conversation for a different day. But this Saints hire, I get it. Dennis Allen definitely deserves an opportunity. Again, America is the land of opportunity and the land of second chances. He had a bad rap with the Oakland Raiders, then Oakland Raiders, but the Oakland Raiders haven't been good since the early 2000s when you had Reg Gannon leading, leading the path to a Super Bowl matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which they got trounced at, by the way, in case you forgot about that game, all the way back in like 2003 when the Bucs won it. But whenever you just look at the minutia and you get down to it, it makes sense because you want to keep everybody relatively the same. This isn't a head coaching hire like Ed Ogeron. This it, this isn't a firing, I should say. This isn't a firing like Les Miles, Ed Ogeron. This isn't like what's going on in Miami, in New York, in, in Detroit last year. And getting somebody from Houston, in the case of them, I'm bringing them up again because it makes sense in the conversation. In the grand scheme of things, you didn't fire a head coach. He decided to walk away. And he has every right to do so as a human being to go ahead and say, hey, 15 years ago, I got I started sitting at the table. I let it ride for 15 years. I've done a great job. I'm going to go ahead and cash out my chips and head over to the broadcast booth for a few years. And maybe I stick around. That might be a conversation I have later on in the program. But the New Orleans Saints hiring Dennis Allen it's not a home run hire. It's not, you know, one of those bloop singles. It's a solid double. It gets ducks on the pond. It's what you do after that. It's what you do in terms of getting an offensive coordinator, a guy that's going to be doing the play calling. Who's going to wind up playing a certain role in this offensive game plan? How is it going to look? Who's going to be the quarterback? Dennis Allen has to navigate some uncharted waters and then some because not only are you currently 70 million dollars in the hole you are currently trying to figure out what the rest of your coaching staff looks like you're keeping a lot of your core nucleus there 
I wouldn't be surprised, guys like Pete Carmichael and crew, they're going to stick around. This isn't a situation akin to what we see over here, right in Lafayette, Louisiana, with the Raging Cajuns, where you hire from within and Michael Desimo, and you have this gentleman's agreement that he's going to he's not going to poach, he's not going to poach, but he does. And again, I talked about that months ago. They had every right to leave because guess what? If you want to move up in the world, if you want to make more money, that's an opportunity to grow and progress in your career. And I think when it comes down to it, no matter where you're at in the NFL, you're going to wind up being considered one of the top guys. You're going to be considered one of the top flight people in the company. And I think if you're part of the New Orleans Saints right now with that top-tier defense, you better be hoping and wishing that either, A, you get Russell Wilson, because I think Aaron Rodgers isn't happening. I hope it doesn't happen. You better be hoping and wishing that something like that happens, or else you could very well be a team that's going to be mid for a good while. I just can't see this team getting over the hump. Getting over like Rover. I just cannot, in all good conscience, see that happening. If they don't get things done in the immediacy. It's an immediate future thing. This isn't a long-term future situation. This is, hey, the here and now, and we start figuring out if we're going to keep you along. If you fall flat on your face in the first two years, don't be surprised if they show Dennis Allen the door. Because there is so much riding on this team. The playoff window still relatively open. you got young guys like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, who we'll talk about in an hour or two. There is a lot of stuff where you're just kind of wondering, how long can you keep this nucleus? How long can you stay atop, stay relevant in an NFC that's becoming a lot younger and a lot better from top to bottom? We're seeing the Cowboys. I give them hell, but they are a damn good team. You've got... The Los Angeles Rams, the 49ers. You've got the Green Bay Packers if Aaron Rodgers decides to stick around. Who knows what's going to happen with Tampa Bay now that TB12 is G-O-N-E. Who knows? But I'll tell you this. It's going to be a fun ride over the next couple of months to see how this coaching staff fills out. Because at the end of the day, the coaching hire itself of Dennis Allen over maybe getting somebody like an Eric B enemy, it would be kind of a a C plus, maybe a B minus on a good day, if I'm feeling good. Simply because of the fact that I just don't necessarily feel like it's a splash hire. It was the safety hire. It was the safety school. If you remember back in the day when you were maybe applying for universities, you were definitely going for the safety school. That's what we saw with this group. That's what we saw with this hiring of Dennis Allen. Now, how it pays off is anybody's guess. I'm not going to hold him to anything this year. It's going to be a rebuilding year in my mind with this team, with the current nucleus they have. But again, they better hope and wish they can get somebody like a Russell Wilson or get somebody in the NFL draft Because so help me God, I see A, Taysom Hill, or B, Ian Book on that field as a quarterback week one, I'm not going to be too happy. Again, Taysom Hill did a serviceable job, but I think the experiment 
was done largely because of Sean Payton. And maybe that's why conspiracy theory time. Time to put on those those tinfoil hats, ladies and gentlemen, and think about it. The Taysom Hill experiment didn't work. That was something that, in the sense of him being a good quarterback, he is good in that Swiss Army knife role. He's good at that role. I think Sean Payton, he had been hoping and wishing, putting all his chips at the front of the table, and whenever he came to the realization, hey, I was wrong because Sean Payton always wants to be the smartest guy in the room. He wants to be that way. He's been that way forever. He wants to be the smartest guy in the room. Kevin Foote calls him genius for a reason. He's a stinking genius, and he wants to be the smartest guy in the room. At the end of the day, he fell flat on his face with that. He fell flat on his face when it comes to winning. And it fell flat on his face when it came to the experiment that was Taysom Hill. It wasn't as great as you wished it was. And now he's like, okay, well, I've been proven wrong. I'm going to go head out. And maybe he'll be a head coach again down the road. That's a different conversation we're going to have in a few because there were some comments that were made earlier this week by one Cam Jordan that I want to get to because it's interesting, and I wonder how much that's going to feed into next season. Maybe a little malcontent there, or maybe – it's driven even more, especially if Sean Payton does indeed down the road take a coaching job somewhere. I don't think he does. I'm starting to lean towards no, but I wouldn't be, again, it's no, wouldn't be surprised in terms of my scale. I'll probably talk about that more, especially after I heard what he said on Jim Rome yesterday. So we'll talk about Cam Jordan and more. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game, 103.7 Lafayette. And 1041 Lake Charles. We'll be right back after this. Keep it locked right here on the game. Also on the free mobile app, Amazon smart speakers, and even the old 1037thegame.com. Who is the world-famous CD, really? Whatever you think when you think sports radio, he's the exact opposite. Yes, I will do the opposite. Let's get back to Under the Dome with CD before he starts acting like Costanza. George is getting upset! On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 out on Lake Charles. If you want to get in on the conversation, we got time. We got till 1130. Only one guest today, and that's going to be Brandon Seho, part of the sports reporter over in Cincy. Just to cover LSU back in the gap over in Baton Rouge. He's part of WLWT now. A sports reporter covers the Bengals along with the Cincinnati Bearcats and those Cincinnati Reds and so much more, so much to get to with him involving the Bengals because obviously the vibe is at an all-time high for that franchise, which makes me kind of wonder, and I've thought about this a lot, can that actually be a, a thing that happens again where a team is literally 
one of the worst in the franchise, worst team in the league. And that's kind of where I'm at. He, that team absolutely deserves to be there. But I wonder, because of the, everything that, that happened to them in the last, let's say, two years, somehow overnight this team has gone from being one of the worst to being, at, at worst, runner-up in Super Bowl 56. Which, by the way, you'll be hearing right here on this fine station. 1037 in Lafayette and also 1041 in Lake Charles. So how about that? So earlier this week, Cam Jordan absolutely had a big statement about the situation with Sean Payton and everything going on. And I was blown away by some of the things he did say. And I, I he said this a lot on Radio Row this week, but I was definitely just more surprised at how quickly he brought up the fact that he doesn't think he's done coaching. And basically, he took it personally. I was like, okay, it's an interesting way of putting it. He just basically said he took it personally whenever Cam Jordan, when he found out about Sean Payton's sudden retirement. He said it on a show, on a national network show, where he basically said he went social media dark, had to figure out his feelings first, and it's like when your life asks you about how you feel about the new couch. I have to sit in it first. He just doesn't know what it's going to be like. And you look, he looks at it as a business decision because he put 16 years of his life into the New Orleans Saints. You know the amount of work he put in. You know that takes its toll. But you wonder, why leave now? That's kind of what Cam Jordan was asking. Why leave now? You've been knocking on the door of the playoffs every single year. Even in a tumultuous, like, last year or so, and they were displaced in Dallas starting 52 or 53 starters at most, maybe 58, going through four quarterbacks and still having a shot at the playoffs, and ending in the positive, you know, 9-8 and eight on the year. That's a successful season, all things considered. And Jordan mentioned, you know, that for Sean to step down, it's got to be bigger for bigger than football for him. And that makes you start to question what else is going to happen. But he mentioned that he took it personally because he doesn't think that Sean Payton is indeed fully going to retire. Now, if you say he's going to wind up, you know, coming out of retirement like Terry Funk, Ric Flair, Brett Favre, the list goes on and on. Guys that just at, cannot stop like coming out of retirement I just don't necessarily think that's going to happen because I think once you realize, especially if he does indeed go to the broadcasting booth, if he does indeed go to the broadcasting booth, I would not be surprised one bit if he stays. You want to know why? I got I got two names for you right now. Jimmy Johnson, Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher especially. Remember, Bill Cowher goes down as probably one of the best head coaches of this modern era outside of Bill Belichick. And he's got such a great mind for the game. And after he decided to hang up the old whistle and go to the broadcast booth, he transitioned really well. And after that, you kept hearing his name pop up in some of those coaching vacancies. And then eventually it didn't. 
that I feel like is a thing that's going could happen. You know, look at what he does. If he does well, if he excels in the position, and I think he will. He's got that good personality. Now, mind you, he's got to stop with the relative twos, the listen, the look. He's got to stop that. Mind you, Dennis Allen is carrying that torch and running with it over in New Orleans. But I'm just questioning, what does this mean? Him taking it personally, him being almost insulted like it's a slap in the face and a punch in the groin. Like, I want to know what that means and why he's saying that. Because, again, I want to understand the psyche and what he's thinking as a player. And I'm honest, that could affect him. Because, again, Cam Jordan has been a stand-up gentleman. He was a Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. And it's an honor for that to be nominated. And that's not meant to be just a blanket statement, participation trophy type stuff. No. When you're nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, it's an absolute bleeping honor. So I'm not dogging him or calling him out for any reason whatsoever. But I'm telling you straight up, it's got me thinking that Cam Jordan's either going to have an axe to grind or he's going to be a pain in the neck maybe behind the scenes because I think... Again, I can be completely off base here because I don't know Dennis Allen enough. But I wonder how Dennis Allen is going to handle being the guy. Because now he's not just being a guy that's controlling a lot of his defensive guys. He's now going to have to focus on a lot of the other heads. And I'm saying heads mainly because there are there's at least one head case you've got to deal with if you don't trade him this offseason. That's Michael Thomas. I don't think you trade MT13. He's too damn important to this franchise. Now, what happens after his this contract? I don't know. But I think you got to keep him along. You got to keep him along. You got to figure out something. You got to figure out some way somehow to sign him to a, to keep him around for the rest of his deal. And that again, 70 million in the hole could preclude, preclude all this, and you wind up trading him as well and sending him off. And then you've got the situation with Alvin Kamara, which we'll get to in hour number two, because there's a lot of stuff going on with that. And I'm starting to wonder, does he get the hammer? Because last year we saw Marshawn Lattimore, uh, we saw a lot of couple guys get arrested during the offseason, and then, you know they didn't get much of anything. They got... They had something, but it was almost like a, a relative to a slap on the wrist. I feel like Alvin Kamara's situation is very, very different. And I'll talk about that more again in hour number two. Because it's it's a whole different story. But with Cam Jordan, is he gonna become a head or is you know Dennis Allen gonna keep him right and we see that become more of to steal a phrase from the water boy, tackling fuel, motivation to show, hey, you're going to miss us because look what we're doing now. That's what I would love to see, to be honest with you. That's what I'd love to see. As a Saints fan, I would love for all those guys, all the players on the active roster, to take that statement, take that retirement, and say, hey, we're moving on. 
we're going to go ahead and attack the day every single time. We're out on the field. No matter who's the head coach, it could be Dennis Allen. It could be Ed Ogeron for all they care. They are going to get wins on the board to make a statement towards the man that's behind all of this, the man that's in control of an entire NFL franchise. That's what they're trying. That's what they're going to do. They're going to make a statement and say, hey, it doesn't matter who it is. We're going to wind up winning ball games because people will always have that narrative. And that's going to be what Dennis Allen has to deal with. The narrative of the Saints franchise over the last 20 years has been, I mean, hell, the entire Saints franchise history has been, if you don't have Drew Brees, you don't have Sean Payton, you're not worth jack squat. You're worth squadoosh in the history of the NFL. Go look at the Jim Hazlitt era. Go look at the Mike Ditka era. The list goes on and on. A lot of mid-teams in there. Hell, you only had a handful of playoff appearances with only one win, and that win came at the beginning of the millennium in 2000. In the 2000 season. So it took you that long to get to one playoff win. Now you're going to have to deal with that. You have to deal with the narrative, and that's going to be something you're going to have to deal with for years, I think, especially if year one doesn't work out. I don't think Dennis Allen gets fired year one. I think he's given ample opportunities. But I'm wondering where that leash is for Gail Benson and crew and how much influence are they going to have in terms of hiring guys. Because the Saints did hire an interesting guy in Doug Marone earlier this week. An offensive line he's offensive line coach. And they dismissed the wide receivers coach, added John Morton to the staff now wondering how the OC position is going to look going forward. That's again we'll be talking about it over the next several weeks, maybe even months leading up to the NFL draft, and it further proves a statement that I've made on this show before with my good friend Ross Jackson, who we have on regularly on this program, is that the NFL is a year-round league. Every time you turn around, there is a new story breaking. And the Saints are making taking full advantage of that by going ahead and throwing down some lines and throwing down some headlines. And it's consistently happening. I thought maybe... Just maybe we'd get to February and we'd have a little bit of a respite. Nope. We are continuing the conversation about those Saints and who that say to go beat them Saints. I think a lot of teams are going to say, we that we're going to do that. But I'm not necessarily sure it's going to be that simple. Meanwhile, we'll take a quick timeout right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. But if you want to keep... The conversation rolling 337-706-0111. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Raging Cajuns men's basketball team. And is it officially time to hit the panic switch? We'll talk about that next right here on 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and we're back after this. The world-famous CD may be in his 30s, 
but he's still a kid at heart. <laughs> now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear with Under the Dome with the world-famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And we're coming to you live from the game studios. If you want to call us up, 337 706-0111. 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. Looks like we have some technical issues. A little, a little ghost in the machines there, if you will. Apologies for that. But in the meantime and in between time, my question is, and I'm wondering, has the panic switch been flipped over with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns? Has the switch been flipped, essentially, to where the Louisiana Raging Cajuns are possibly going to get rid of Bob Marlin at the end of the season? And I saw this on Facebook the other night. Somebody brought it up, fire Bob Marlin, and said it. I was like, okay. I you have my attention because again we're nearing the end of the regular season, but to quickly and I mean quickly approach the end of the season, get close to the Sun Belt tournament, then the NCAA tournament. And Thursday night they lost bad eighty-two seventy-three. I I mentioned the two-minute draw. They're favorites in tonight's contest against UT Arlington. And it's not an UT Arlington team like we've seen in the past. The Mavs aren't necessarily that great, but they're still on that same level as the Cajuns. It's something I keep going back to. And this is a year where, I I talked about this weeks ago in case you didn't hear it, was that this is a crap or get off the pot type of year if you're the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, bottom line, full stop. You cannot lose the tournament and expect Bob Marlin to be back. That's just my personal opinion. I could be completely off base here. But I see that team every single week, every single time I turn around, They something happens. They fall flat for one reason or another. And it completely crumbles. I don't understand why. That team, with all the talent that they get every single year, it feels like there's so much expectation. We talked about it a lot looking at the LSU side of things. LSU's expectations now with basketball are almost on par with what we see with baseball and football. Now we see basketball, the expectations for that LSU program are high. Cajuns, it's just as high simply because of the hype surrounding them every single year. We keep getting bought into the hype. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they continue to get really good players from other conferences. A lot of really good grad transfers or just regular straight-up transfers like a Greg Williams Jr., like a Malik Marchetti a few years ago. The list goes on and on. You've been able to get some really solid names. And I like I like Bob. Nothing but respect for the man. But I begin to question 
how much is too much? And if you have this wealth of talent, and there's lots of great players on this team, I just can't tell you that this team is absolutely, you know, knocking doors down. They should be destroying some opponents with some of the talent they have. Kobe Julian was a has been a really big star that we've been wanting to see for a while. Injuries hampered him, yes. But when you have him put up 22 points and only one other player, Brian Ayu, can only put up double digits and everybody else is more towards six and eight points, that's not going to get the job done, brother. So like, there's going to be some soul searching, I think, in the not-too-distant future with this Cajuns basketball program. And if you know me, I'm a proud supporter of the Cajuns. I am going to gladly support that team up, down, and sideways. And I'm hoping that this team in the not-too-distant future gets their just dessert and is absolutely going to be cheered on for years to come. I hope it is. I really hope it is. Because I'm beginning to question where this team is, how how far this team is going to go in the tournament. Every year I think about it because they have always been a team that just shrinks in that big moment. They've had one opportunity to win it, and that was in 2014. They had another one, I believe, in 2017, but they just couldn't knock the door down. They just couldn't. You saw that, especially in 2014. They had the ability to because they had some great talent that they haven't been able to really replicate in Alfred Payton and Sean Long. They've gotten some really good players, but for one reason or another, that team fumbles, stumbles out of the gates, and something happens to where they absolutely are struggling down the stretch. And that's where we're at. This team has been on the skid since almost mid-January. They've lost a ton of games. They got they got swept by Texas State. So basically going back to January 13th, they lost three straight, then they won one against Troy, and then they basically got whipped by Georgia State, Georgia Southern, and got edged out by them. The Cajuns got Win back from Little Rock. Arkansas State sent them packing with a tough loss. You lose to Texas State. A loss tonight, and then you go down Thursday for that home for the first game of home and home. Where you're on the road against Monroe on a Thursday, then you play them at home on a Saturday. It's not looking pretty good. I just feel like this team is going to hit a wall. And we all do sometimes, but I wonder, when they hit that wall, what does the front office do? What does Dr. Brian Maggot and crew do? Do they pull the trigger? History says yes. Because when a team underwhelms and underperforms for a couple years, especially under Dr. Brian Maggard's watch, the axe isn't far behind. Don't believe me? Go look at Mark Hudson. See what he's doing now. And I, I, I can tell you exactly where it's coming from. Now, mind you, the Dr. Brian Maggard husband situation, that was very different. That was almost like forced upon him because of 
that guy's faults and some of the sins that he committed before Dr. Brian Agger was even in the front office. He's all stuff going on with the post-2016 election and a certain video that came out. And that's that's all she wrote for him. The fan base didn't like him. They it, There was just a lot of bad vibes going on with that. Meanwhile, some about women's basketball. They've been looking decent. It's not necessarily as great as they were a year ago. But it's still not bad. And they could have a really good shot at making a run because I think this team is becoming more and more battle-tested. They're 5-4, and 13-6 overall. Again, not, not good, not bad, but not, not great and not bad. It's just good. It's pretty good. I'd say it's almost to that level of pretty good because you got to get like one step further. And that's, again, I brought up Cajun's men's basketball. That team, that coach is on the hot seat. Very much so, in my mind. Then you go flip it over to women's basketball. A couple years ago, I, along with RP3 and a lot of other people, were thinking the same thing about Gary Broadhead. Again, Gary, great guy. But if not for the 2020-2021 season, the way that thing played out, and winning a regular season championship, for the first time in a long time, if ever. Like, I can't remember. I mean, I was there for that game. Yes, you had, like, maybe 20 people in the stands. I'm being egregious. Probably 200 or so fans in the stands for the final game at home when they won the regular season crown and they cut down the nets. An amazing moment I'll never forget because, again, I don't see it all of it often. Moments like that. When they cut the nets down. Seeing that celebration was tremendous. Knowing that that team got it done was great because it bought Gary Broadhead some time. I think he's gonna he's got plenty more rope now. It's been almost a decade that 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 the clock is ticking, and I wonder if things don't go a certain way, like if the Cages make a run and come up as a runner up. I think he's safe. But outside of that, if you're a one and done or 0-2, you get eliminated somewhere along the line in the tournament, you're gone unless it's in the finals because I just I can't see it. This and I can't see them making it to the final because the past of this team has been marred by a win one and then lose one and your season's done because let's be honest, especially in COVID times, I feel like there ain't a single damn team, especially group of five, that's been willing to fork over the money to go play in the CIT or the CBI. And I think the way the cages are playing, they're not getting in the freaking NIT. So it's safe to say they do that win one, lose one. Their season's done. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bob Marlin is out the door. But we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, it's Super Bowl Eve. It's time to get some fave fives down, son. And again, it's a lot like what we did last week. Rules are simple. Five-game parlay, put $5 on it. But this time, it's a five-leg, same-game parlay, $5 on it. Didn't win anything last weekend. I'm still here, obviously, so I didn't, I didn't retire early. 
would have been nice, but, you know, is what it is. But we'll go ahead and take a quick timeout. When we come back, we got that and more for you. Again, Brandon Seho with WLIT. Excuse me. WLWT. Excuse me. WLWT Sports out in Cincy. We'll talk to him next at 1130. But in the meantime, in between time, my fave five picks coming up next right here on 1037 The Game and 1037 The Game. The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 104-1 and Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The world-famous CD always has his eyes on the lines out in Las Vegas. Hit me 20. Hit me 21. Hit me 22. Here's his five favorite bets for the weekend. Will he make you rich beyond your wildest dreams? Or will you be cursing him out after he goes 0 for 5? Let's find out on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I don't know whether or not I want to play some bets or play some blackjack when I hear little wolf mother Joker and the thief here on Under the Dome with CD right here on 1037 The Game. The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, also on 1037thegame.com and the free mobile app. Just If you don't have it already, all you got to do is search The Game 1037 or if you're out in Lake Charles, the game 1041. It's free to download and it's quick and easy. Doesn't take up much space on the old storage. And you'll be able to catch us crystal clear wherever you are, be it, you know, in Lafayette, in Lake Charles, hell, in Timbuktu, Switzerland, and Tokyo, Japan. Maybe you can hear us in the Tokyo Dome. Who knows? But you're listening to Under the Dome with CD. And I like to do this, do this every single Saturday. Because why not? Now that sports betting is largely like legal, it's it's the, almost the wild, wild west to a certain extent, especially when you look at some of the online sports books. And I'll just say this. Make sure you gamble responsibly. Make sure you put down as much money as you're willing to lose. Because, again, gambling, for the most part, you're going to lose. I've learned that lesson all too well, especially when it comes to betting at LSU basketball and Cage's basketball. P.S. I'm done betting on y'all. Just going to go ahead and leave it. On that note. So when it comes to Super Bowl Sunday, it's the most fun time of the year because you can bet on what color Gatorade, what kind of, you know, thing is going to go on, how many receiving yards, touchdowns, all that stuff. Hell, you get to bet on the over-under of how long the national anthem is going to be. I don't have anything on that because I, mean, I don't even know who's playing, who's performing the national anthem. So I don't have a have a beat on that at all. But it's so much fun because guess what? There's things going on in the NFL. And the fact that there are things like this happening, I'm over the moon about, to be quite honest with you. So I've got five picks to click for your Super Bowl parlays or maybe even put some individual bets if you want to. So make sure you write this down. Take a little note. Maybe take it to your favorite sports book. Hell, I mean, we're out in Lake Charles now on 104.1 FM. Maybe, just maybe you're listening in and you're making your way over to Low Bears. Making your Maybe you're over here in the Acadian area. You're making your way over to 
you know, Paragon, Cachada, or even Evangeline Downs, which is not too far up the road from here. So here's my five favorite picks to click. I'm going Rams money line on my parlay. This is a $5 parlay, full disclosure. Rams money line, they're minus 198. I'm going to go with the safety bet here on this one, the safety valve. Simply because I think that the Rams are going to win straight up. That four-point spread, it's so tough. It's so tough to outright say that's what it's going to be because what if it is a game-winning field goal at the end of it? What if it's something like that? Because then the only way you cash is if it's the Bengals winning or because they would cover that plus four. So I'm not touching the spread. That spread's a little weird. So I'm gonna if it was like three and a half, I might touch it, but outside that, good luck, God bless to you. So with that in mind, Rams money line. I think they went straight up. Their defensive line is gonna absolutely smother Joe Burrow. Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. I've got them both. Anytime touchdowns. Their lines are minus 155 for Cooper Cup, 115 for Jamar Chase. Plus 115. Which like how is that happening? I got a booze on one for him for plus 100, so I'm looking forward to that, bad boy. So, got that. Over on Matthew Stafford passing yards at 283.5. That feels like it's going to be an easy thing for him to jump over. Over on Cooper Cup receiving yards, 105.5. That's where I'm at. 105.5 receiving yards. I'm going over, but I don't think it's much more than that. So to recap, Rams money line, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase, anytime touchdowns. Over Matt Stafford, 283.5. Over Cooper Cup, 105.5 passing yards. $5 parlay nets you a cool 57.84 if it cashes. Back after this on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. 